hello everybody and welcome to episode number 140. 140. <laughs> I'm not doing a lot of 40 tonight, am I? Uh, welcome to episode number 140 of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike. Uh, how are you doing, Hannah? I'm alright. Um, day 7000 of the school holidays. Oh uh, yeah, it feels like you should have one of those um, etched walls, you know. Yeah. Four and then... <laughs> Across it's a week to go. One week. Almost there. Almost there. Just Clean keep rising up, rise. my fingernails. Yeah, no, we can do it. You can do it. Um, but yes, so tonight we are talking about the eighth episode of season six of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the episode Collision Course Part One. So, Hannah, do you want to tell us a little bit about this episode? Indeed. Uh, plot synopsis says, to face the galaxy-hopping hate beast that eats planets, the team on Earth asks for help in all the wrong places. While back on the Lazy Comet, something weird goes on with Izel's crew. Uh, so it's directed by Kristen Windell. Okay. Um, I feel like that's a new name for us. Yeah, it's not really any bells. Direction. I'll have a look at her credits in a minute. Um, and written by Jeffrey Bell and Craig Titley. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. When did this air? Are we uh, in 2019 still? or? Yep, July the 5th, uh, 2019. All righty, okay. So. so Kristen Wendell is, uh, she's done five episodes of Doom Patrol. Okay. There's a superhero show, that makes sense. Four episodes of All American. She's done Legends of Tomorrow, Blind Spot, Magnum PI, Hawaii Five O, Arrow, Flash. Working TV director. Yeah. That's what I'm getting she from. She has um, some assistant editor credits as well. Yeah. There must be so many professional directors in Hollywood now. And editor it, credits. Like, like the amount of television and content there is. There must be just so damn many. She edited 18 episodes of Blind Spot, so yeah. that's obviously... Oh, and 37 episodes of Arrow, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right, well, I will look forward to talking about this one. Uh, a couple of quick bits of housekeeping before we get into it, though. Just a reminder that we always appreciate feedback at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you listen to us on YouTube, please do feel free to leave comments there and we will read them out on the show if they feel uh, appropriate to do so. And also, we are on Instagram and Twitter at rewatchproj. That's rewatch, P-R-O-J. And also, please do check out our friend shows, namely Chinstroker vs. Spencer, Entertainment Landfill, his film, her movie, Film Bastards, Talk Without Rhythm podcast, and The Good, The Bad, and The Odd. Also, we appreciate... Reviews over at Spotify and at Apple Podcasts. God, I feel really rusty. It's like we haven't done this for a few days. And uh, get out no. of the But uh, any feedback? Any YouTube comments or anything? Indeed, before we, go? we do have some feedback. Awesome. On our last episode, told you. Jacked Ups says, "What's up, Deja View crew?" <laughs> the Deja View crew. God, this just gets even better. I love it. You are quite correct. While being a solid 40-odd minutes of TV entertainment, this episode does still have a bit of a bad reputation amongst Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans. Don't get it? It was a good one. Yeah. And a lot of that negativity seems to centre on that Shrike capture and contain scene. Yeah, they are dumb. The characters are dumb in that. Um, To put it bluntly, a lot of fans see the putting together of two Shrike hosts as bad and or lazy writing. But in response, and to put it blunter, I think they that they are damn wrong. 
yes, putting them together was foolish, but I find that that is kind of the point of the whole setup. Mac, along with everyone else at S.H.I.E.L.D., is so determined to prove Sarge, this murderous scumbag with Coulson's face, wrong, that he lets it cloud his judgment. And it is highlighting just how inexperienced Mac still is at being the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. But saying that, is putting two Shrike together really any more dangerous than Fury bringing Bruce Banner slash the Hulk and Loki onto the helicarrier in the Avengers movie? Yeah, that's true. When that all went tits up, nobody in the MCU fandom complained about that. No, but I think that the point is that watching that episode, it occurred to both of us when we were watching it. Mm. And I think that the, like at the time, it was like, well, that's a bad idea. Whereas the Hulk Loki thing, that's kind of with hindsight. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I, I think that is a good point. And also, I mean, it's a. I do agree. Do they even have a second one? I, I do agree that it's a good way of highlighting that they're trying to kind of prove Sarge wrong yeah. in the wrong kind of ways. Yeah. Um, but, and also. Uh, even if you do subscribe to the idea that maybe that wasn't a great bit of writing or the characters were a bit done, it's not enough to sink the episode. No, definitely not. Um, he put another comment on saying, sorry, that was a bit of an unintended rant. It's something that has bugged me since the episode aired. Rant away. Um, yeah. And the other thing is as well, is that a lot of the time, quote, people on the internet, and I realise that we are people on the internet, um, are so douchey in the way that they express their negativity mm. that it can make it can be really annoying whereas somebody going oh you know that was a bit of a, a weird writing thing is one mm. thing but people being like you know worst episode ever you yeah. know about it is that's a whole other ball game yeah um he also says told you it is a good pivot episode as we tie up the plots of the six previous episodes and the table is set for the second half of the season before I go, one of the things that really gets me warm and fuzzy about this episode is how Enoch is officially made part of the Fitzsimmons family. And it is all down to Joel Stoffer being an absolute delight. If you ever get the opportunity to interview him for the show, I would love to hear it. So that guy plays Enoch. That is a really great show. I would really like to get him on. Cool. Anything else? Uh, yep. We've got an email as well. Um, Does Silver Surfer not say? Silver Surfer did not say. <gasps> Silver Surfer, Are you out please there? say. Oh, goodness, yeah. We love you. Where are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's... Uh... Silver Surfer did not say. <laughs> oh, not today. <laughs> um, that could be my other theme tune instead of Silver Surfer yeah, says. Yeah. So, sorry, did you say this is an email? Yep. When did this come in? Today. Oh, okay. Uh, right, so it's called Nearing Season 7. Um, hi Hannah and Mike, Shireen from Texas here again. Just wanted to swing by to say Happy New Year and still loving the show. I'm super excited that we're getting near Season 7 as that will be a first time watching it. And I feel oh. that the rewatch project has been the perfect primer. Yeah, she, I'm remembering now, she was the one who had watched the whole show. She watched the first six seasons but had never seen Season 7. Mm. So has been doing a rewatch with us. And we'll be seeing season seven. Oh, so I'll be really curious to get some thoughts on season seven as we go. Yes, absolutely. And sorry, what's her name again? Shireen. Shireen. Um, also wanted to get an update from Hannah on the X-Files. Still watching? 
You must be into season two by now. Keep up the good work and speak soon, guys. Shereen. Where's she from again, sorry? Texas. Sorry, I'm questioning every element of this email. You, and you, this obviously is a, did, you obviously didn't listen. And this is an email. <laughs> no, I'm just my, my cup's over running from one of those those absolute bastard of the days at work today. But uh, well, if you are asking questions like that, I'm surprised that your employees didn't like. No, no, no. Know, I was fine at work. Crack you over the face. But, but it was it was just, by the time I got to five o'clock, I was like, right, I cannot absorb any new information. But uh, no, obviously but I, uh, that that will be. Um, a really interesting one as well to get a view on. Uh, I'm, I almost wish I hadn't seen season seven so I could be watching that for the first time. That would be... Uh, well, then we wouldn't be doing the rewatch project, would we? Well, we, we, we've Deja always view. said there's a little bit of elasticity with that. Is uh, you know, I, I, yeah, we, it we, wouldn't be a deja vu. <laughs> it would just be a view, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yes, we are still watching the x Oh, yeah, yeah, Shireen. we watched a couple of episodes last night. Um, what were the... What was the name of the episodes we watched? We watched Colony and Endgame last night. Um, so I I don't know what number that is. We're about that. it's about half, we're about halfway through season two. Um, and uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm making Mike watch every episode. So we've been through a couple of absolute stinkers. I think we've only had one absolute stinker. I think the old people's home was the only absolute stinker. That that was a terrible episode. Well, that was because we, we've got to the well, we've just got past the writer strike episodes, mm. and what you get there is because I find even in bad episodes, because I told you, Ross, there's twenty five episodes in season two. I mean, that's yeah. a fucking lot. Um, but usually in bad episodes of the X Files, there's still something to enjoy, whether it's yeah. the Mulder and Scully interactions. But in a couple of the writer strike episodes, they don't even feel like Mulder and Scully. No. Like the characters that you don't even feel you and can tell that they're repurposed. Mike, um, so when the episode finished, I said to Mike, "That was a stinker," and uh, he told me I wasn't allowed to moan about any of them because I. Wasn't being I serious. Of course you are. Well, you were being serious. I wasn't but being serious. You were. I was not. You were. I wasn't. You were. I wasn't. You were being. Serious dude. I'm sure this is fascinating listening for. Um, uh, Anyway, Shireen, he was being serious. He wasn't. And don't listen to him. Um, (laughs) And I said to him that just because I want to watch all the episodes doesn't mean I can't say something was bad or something was good. No, you're right. And And also, I want to have if I'm if I'm going to watch it. I want to have a proper experience of experiencing the highs and lows of this season yeah. as a whole. Well, it's part, part of the experience. I felt exactly the same about Star Trek yeah. when I watched it. And I think if you are committing to watch a franchise, you watch it all. Yeah, the, I mean, getting the particular 90 shows when they had to really, really work fast, have getting the occasional duffer is kind of part of the experience in a weird sort of way. And in, in like such a boxy age, it really doesn't matter because it's not like you've got to wait a whole week to watch the next one. The other thing as well is I think about a lot of those shows, I think particularly the X-Files and Star Trek The Next Generation spring to mind is a lot of the time when the episodes don't work, they took a swing yeah, you know what I mean. It's like sometimes they just don't come together because there's too many ideas, or and the thing about the X Files that's interesting is the X Files is not interested in closure. It's not interested in tying up things. The, the X Files is interested in ideas 
visuals um, and just kind of cool shit. And it isn't that bothered, really, about narrative. Mm. It's more interested in the dynamic of the characters and the sort of the the vibe of it, almost. Oh, the vibe. It's, it's, it's a little bit like Twin Peaks in that regard. It's about that David Lynch didn't care who killed Laura Palmer. He just cared that, like, you know, the people investigating it, like, um, looked cool. <laughs> and, that they, yeah. you know, there's, a, there's an element of that to it. But, um, but yes, yeah, so, yeah, so we're at the the midpoint. So, so I think you're starting to get a sense now. Mulder's just done his, uh, you know, little trip down to frozen UFO in the Arctic and met his, what he was told was his sister, and then you find out it's not his sister. Well, you're starting to get more of a sense now of who the extended cast are. Yeah. You know, um, and like Skinner and... Skinner was group. great in this uh, episode. Well, do you see what I mean, though, about how he's, channels. he's kind of the broils in the way that yeah, you're yeah. not sure... But at this point, you're like, oh, okay, he's actually one of the good guys. He's a good guy. Um, But, and you're starting to get a sense of what the actual conspiracy is about. Yeah. You know, that there's this site that just, well, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, um, yes, enjoying it far more than I thought I would. And I have to concede that, yes, it is a series that is up my street. um, And I should have given it. Airtime a long time ago, but well, you watched you watched the wrong episode. <laughs> you watched I the most, really did. the most anti Hannah episode, and I I think I would have to say a big thank you to Mark because his voicemail where he explained what he thought the episode I watched was, yeah, and and kind um, of putting it in context of the rest shame, of the series. It is, it is one of the best episodes of the whole show, but it absolutely fucking terrified me and I'm really pleased that he kind of framed it in that it wasn't indicative of the rest of the show no the other thing I'm looking forward to with this watch is they haven't really started doing the comedic episodes yet like there's one I think they do one later in season two and I think they did it as an experiment and people really liked it so there's a, there's, a, there's a lightening of the tone comedically mm. that the show goes through that I think is, is... There's a run of episodes from, I would say, probably the final episode of season two through to the end of season five. I think you're going to really enjoy pretty much every episode of the show. Mm. Um, cool. but, uh, but no, yeah, Hannah, Hannah, to her credit, when she commits to something, Jesus Christ, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, no, once once I'm in, I'm, I'm all in. I, mean, I don't think you're gonna. You'll probably do all eleven seasons, um, but I, I think, think I will eventually. Yeah, but I, I think that I'll through, probably slow down at some point. The, 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 the through to the end of the fifth season, and then the movie is that's the X Files. Uh, everything after that is just a bunch of fun stuff set in the X Files universe, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, though, two of the best episodes ever made of the show are in later seasons, but the consistency rate takes a real hit. Um, It it feels a little bit like things, a little bit like sitcoms. It's a a little bit of like How I Met Your Mother syndrome, where you still like the show because it's the show. Yeah. um, 
but you know that its best years are behind it. Right. You know, um, it's one of those. But mm. through the end of season five in the movie, that's the way to do it. Um, cool. Okay. Well, um, let's do this. I'm really looking forward to watching this episode of Agents of Shield. I remember little to nothing about it. I remember um, the. This isn't a spoiler because she was introduced in the last episode. I remember a little bit about the character that um, Fitzsimmons et al. have gone off with. Mm. I remember a bit about her. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I remember, and, and the very final shot of the season. But apart from that, I remember nothing <laughs> about this. So this will be a real yeah. voyage of discovery. So uh, we're going to hit pause. Bring it on. We're going to watch the episode and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to get some fly spray. Uh, I was just about to say to you, there's one on that light shade up there. It's, uh, it's a son of a bitch. Okay, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. So see you shortly. Swear you'll listen to the good, the bad, and the odd. The good, he has the cruelty of Jack Nicholson's Joker, the wit of Mark Hamill's Joker, yeah. and the laugh of Cesar Romero. <laughs> The bad. He's bald, he's got a cat, he lives in a volcano. What else you need? And the odd. I've seen bits of it, it's really stupid. Swear to me. Just a couple of guys talking about movies. You can find us on www.thegoodthebadandtheodd.com What a beautiful podcast. So, we have just finished watching Collision Course Part 1. Uh, which is the eighth episode of season six of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anna, what are your thoughts about this particular episode? I don't know if they're going to make it. Ah, yes. It's weird, though, that they would call it part one and the next episode's part two when the the series at this point is so um, serialised anyway. Yeah, yeah. It seems like... uh, uh, I've seen that in a lot of shows. Like, Star Trek always used to do it. It would always be. In the original series and in Next Gen, it was always, you know, Chain of Command Part 1, Best of Both Worlds Part 1, all that kind of stuff. And then I remember in Deep Space Nine, they did, it was the first time they ever did a three-parter. Mm. And each of the episodes just had their own name. Mm. But then, later on in the season, they did a blah, blah, Part 1, Part 2. And it's like, the X-Files as well, there's, there's all of the episodes have got their own individual titles. Yet there's a random episode in like season five that's Dreamland Part One and Dreamland Part Two. Do you what? think it's that it's uh, um, like obviously there's your your main arc that runs through the whole series or season? Mm. Um, do you think it's a Part One Part Two situation because um, it's one particular storyline over two episodes rather than um but i know that that's not the case here because obviously but the well it is continues on, it, yeah it? but it is it is one particular storyline in the sense of they have a specific mission that they've started in this episode yeah i suppose to go to the site yeah. and you know, I get, get what you're saying, and, da, 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 and the conclusion of that particular bit is likely to happen I, in the I, next I get what episode. you're saying, because even though the show serialised, most of the episodes do have their own three acts or five acts, I guess, if you look at it from a commercials perspective, structure. So maybe it's just the fact that they, when they were writing this episode, 
I mean, obviously, both episodes are written by different people as far as the scripts goes. But mm. when they were, you know, breaking the episodes, maybe at some one point this was all one. And when they were conceiving it, they were like, actually, this has grown. This is too much for one episode. Why don't we have this mid this arc within the arc over two? And just slice it down the middle yeah. and get this guy I, to write this script and these guys to write this I script. Sort of, I see it as like, I, I look at it in book terms, like say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six is one book. Yeah. Um, and the publishers have said there's allowed to be 13 chapters in this book yeah. and each chapter can be 40 pages. Yeah. And so the author goes about writing the story and it comes to the required overall 13 chapters. But one of the, like, or oh, they've got 12 chapters, but one of the chapters is 80 pages long. Mm, yeah, just so it's part one, part two of that chapter. Yeah. The other thing that lends credence to that as well is that this episode is written by one of the staff writers and one of the showrunners, which is a really odd combination. So that, to me, suggests that there was a little bit of, not salvaging, but a little bit of like, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to get you on this. You go and help him. Mm. You know, there's a little bit of that. So I guess it was just maybe that um, it expanded a little bit. But but it, it always cracks me up when shows don't stick to their own naming conventions yeah. of episodes. It's a really... Um, but, like, I think that's why the naming convention is that way. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. And, and you know, there's, nobody cares except for me, <laughs> ultimately. But uh, I'm sure more people than just you yeah. care about but anyway, it. Anyway, yes, sorry, you were saying. What you- so, I, well, I think you'll be shocked to hear that I loved it. Um, Do you wish that you could watch the next episode? <laughs> yeah. I like how they – I really like how they – fed the exposition into the episode through Mac talking to Yo-Yo about what Benson had found. Mm-hmm. So you get sort of background. Whilst he was cleaning the mansion. <laughs> yeah. So, so you could get the background on Izel and why she's a character not yeah, to be trusted. Yeah, the way he passed about the information was quite smart. Yeah. And then, you know, you get the information about Sarge in sort of little bits and pieces, like you don't know everything about him yet, you don't, like, you're just learning more about him. But this episode was really good for that. Um, You know, it fleshed out the characters a bit more. It was nice to see Deke again, like, Mm -hmm. um, stepping up a bit. Well, since the whole tech thing, it's as though they've found, because you could tell that the writers and the producers wanted him in the show, and it's like they've, they've found their reason now. Yeah. Um, when Snow said that he was a butterfly that needs releasing and he said thank you, I just thought that was so wonderful. Well, I mean, both like he, he is the epitome of, you know how you always joke at me about saying, if I'm in a grump, you say, what's the matter? And I say nothing. And you say, or you say, how are you? Yeah, are you yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. And I say, I'll I'm take fine. you literally. And you go, I'm so pleased you're fine. Yeah, That's yeah. great that you're fine. Um, he's the epitome of that character. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, the funny thing you say, him and Snowflake are actually similar in some ways in the way that they're yeah. both innocents. It's just that she's psychotic. Yeah, for and sure. And he isn't, you know. So um, it, it would make sense that she prob- they probably would like each other. Yeah, yeah. And he's 
very starved of affection. So if anyone's going to show him any, I yeah. mean, you've got to think of him as like a sort of 15-year-old boy who's yeah. just discovered girls. Well, he wants validation as well, doesn't he? And like, he no, does. he doesn't get any respect. It's a bit like Ant-Man. It's a bit like Scott in the MCU films. Yeah. Everybody's just shitty to him because, well, for no other reason beyond the fact that they can tell he's a comedy character. Yeah. You know, um, so does that. Yeah. Um, I I really, really enjoyed all of the uh, the sort of the separate elements of this episode. Um, I really liked all the bits with um, Fitz and Simmons, especially when Fitz is kind of talking himself into kind of a paradoxical jealous corner. Well, I like the um, fact that they've almost got to like a kind of zen-like space state where they've been through so much that they've got to an almost, there's nothing else to do but laugh kind of point, yeah. you know, where they, they, they've got a kind of bantery lightness because, you know, like there's one bit where she's like, oh, the odds are low. And Fitz is like, well, they always are. You know, it's as though they're like, yeah. well, it's season six, you know, <laughs> we've lived this long. It is very like, you know, we're together. It sort of doesn't really matter. You know, there's going to be uh, some situation that we're going to have to deal with, but it's okay because we're together. Yeah, and I think the writers are smart enough to realise that People like those characters, mm. and that's one of the. It's a bit like we said before. It's like Willow in, in Buffy, where you know you put the characters that the audience like through the ringer. You know, put the puppy in danger kind of thing. But they've come to. They're smart enough to realize that you can't always have them. You know, being tearfully. You know, um, just about surviving and everything being the end of the world mm. is one of the reasons why people liked those characters was the chemistry. So I think that they've, they've got the sense to just kind of let the characters um, enjoy themselves yeah. on the show a little bit, you yeah. know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just, I thought it was a really solid episode. Um, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I didn't all work for me, but I think part of that is just, there's, there's always one element of a season that's a bit, yeah. And for me, I don't think Izel is particularly, I mean, particularly memorable or... I don't know. It's early days yet, relatively, and I can't remember that much about the character, which kind of says it all. But she does feel a little bit like a generic sci-fi villain from a 2000s TV show, you know, the hair and the look of the character. Mm. and that. There's, there's, she's yet to really come alive. But then again, I guess that's mainly because, the not the villain, but I guess certainly the, the antagonist of the season is Sarge. So, yeah, it's so not really her. She's almost kind of like a walking MacGuffin in, yeah. in some ways. So I guess... The red herring. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For the person who brought you Deja Vu. Um, <laughs> you know what that Deja Vu reminds me of? It's the that self-help guy uh, in The Simpsons. The, uh, the improvement. No, yeah, we put the U in improvement. <laughs> It's just, it's got a vaguely shoehorny kind of shoehorny. <laughs> what a fetish. <laughs> Very shoehorny. Oh no, bring it back. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I, I do really like this episode. I mean, but, uh, and, but I do think that is deliberate. I do think that there's an element of you don't want anybody that's going to potentially upstage that. Um, and and she, so it's a little bit like, you know, Sweaty Russian vodka potato man, um, sort of syndrome. <laughs> vodka there. onion. Uh, vodka onion. That's it. Yeah. See, I can't even remember that. 
The only interesting thing You've about got the to character. Sniff the onion. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm getting it all right. Because I'm sitting there with my vodka. I'm a half eaten raw potato. Going, I don't get it, Hannah. <laughs> it's not nice at all. <laughs> Give it here, you tit. <laughs> you did the wrong thing. You'll be drinking beer with a cucumber next door. Yeah. <laughs> getting it wrong. This, I tell you, this, this wine and swede <laughs> just don't, just don't compliment each other. It's just not doing it for me. And and also there's a li- there's a little bit of the writing showing I think in this episode in the sense that um, you know Sarge has been so I'm not going to tell you anything and then he just opens up to Daisy about Izel kind of coincidentally at the point where the audience have found out about her yeah. as well it, it felt a little bit like well the audience know about her now so I can talk about it mm-hmm. um, so th- that that showed a little bit but at the same time the thing one of the things that I liked about this was the fact that you've got all of the characters kind of rushing towards this confluence. You know, you've got the ship, you've got them, you've got everybody he- heading to this point. And I think that that was, it worked on several levels. It gave the episode a sense of momentum. You know, mm. it felt like there was a train kind of going down the track. Um, it felt like... Um, or a truck. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like um, organically you were having several storylines literally colliding and, yeah. and coming together. And I think that that's a really smart way of doing it. And I think that this was the point in the season where it felt like um, clarifying or recontextualizing the narrative drive of the season. Now's the time to do it, mm. you know? Um, and um, I, I like the fact that, again, like S.H.I.E.L.D. does, just when there's an interesting element that you've forgotten about, it reintroduces it, like Enoch at the end, and yeah. like how they did in earlier seasons with uh, Rainer. You know, you like, yeah. yeah, bloody Rainer. You know, bloody, um, bloody, bloody Rainer. Rainer. Um, and I think that this episode was a really good example of that. And I think that the fact that you've, it's a shorter season. I think some of the quibbles that we've had around shortcuts of the storylines taken. I think part of that is that the writers aren't used to doing 12 episode seasons. No, absolutely. So I think that they're having to do that a little bit. And I think that that's just kind of um, the price you pay for the compromise of having a short season. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know. But uh, so I was going to take a sip of my tea. Well, should we, uh, should we break it down? Break it down. As it were. Um, so... Um, so we open up with uh, Fitzsimmons on the spaceship preparing to go home, um, hoping to go back to Earth. Um, there's got a lot of jumping around on this episode, so it does feel like pretty much every line of notes I've got is from a different group of people. Um, Sarge is telling the group that he's going to stop it, he's going to stop the beast, uh, and he's figured out where it's going to appear. Um, the Max says May and Daisy are going to be his crew when he lets him go because of course we said in the last episode like well why would Mac honour his word yeah. to, to let him go and that that was quite nice to see there was a reason not, not that naive yeah. well know. he realises that Sarge isn't going to talk Sarge is claiming that he wants to go and get this thing so they may as well tag along mm. and um, that's probably the only way they're going to get that information I've realised what it is about Snowflake that's irritating it's for, it's for side smirk Oh yeah, characters who do side smirk are the worst. Yeah, um, and this is where Snowflake tells Deke that he has a beautiful soul and she wants to see it spill out of him, and he's like, "Thank you, thank you." Um, 
We see uh, Izel humming to a baby dragon. And this is where it's becoming apparent to the audience that she's perhaps not um, as innocent. And the, the episode does play with that a little bit because obviously being a rewatch, I knew that she was, that she's a baddie. Um, but I like the fact that the episode does play with that a little bit. Like um, you see her giving her side of it as well and being mm. somewhat sympathetic. So, you know, maybe Sarge is lying, you know, but we learn pretty quickly that that's not the case as the episode goes on. Um, but you do buy into why Fitzsimmons would believe her. Absolutely. You know? yeah. um, there's no reason to think, you know, not to. Um, so we see Daisy's in the truck with Sarge speculating um, about him and she asks if he cared about, uh, if everyone he cared about died. And he keeps referring to um, the beast as her and this is when he you know, somewhat conveniently re- reveals about Izel. Um and and yeah, so we cut back to Izel and Fitzsimmons and she seems very, you know, agreeable. Uh talks about the monoliths that were stolen from her world and she needs to find them to save Earth, which is mm. again very convenient. Um we see the um the crew member um ha- who is looking for his hallucinogens and Izel releases the death bat. Um not the death bat. And that's bad as well because he's just so he's basically Tripping. Tripping balls with a, a bat in his mouth. Yeah, a bat infestation. It's essentially Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is inadvertently. Um, although I think Ozzy Osbourne is inadvertently Ozzy Osbourne, to be fair. Uh, I don't think that was a choice. So May says that part of um, her feels that she can trust Sarge. And Daisy's like, I know what you mean, but is that just us projecting mm. Colson onto him because of his face? Yeah. Um, and we see Mac talking about Izel and... Uh, how she's from Incan mythology. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's an ancient entity. It's nice to see Yo-Yo giving him a bit of shit about, you know, him sort of racially profiling her. South you know. American. Yeah. 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 I kind of like the fact that, and I mean, this is all sort of monolith related and all that kind of thing, but I, I like the fact that there's been a lot of Incan mythology well, you think right back to it's the Indiana Jones pterogenesis yeah. stuff, like that all happened. Didn't that happen in Peru? Yeah, and, and the, like the, that? the fun thing about about that, whether it be Incan or whether it be, um, you know, ancient Greece or you know, or whatever your you know ancient civilization is, is it gives you the opportunity to do that kind of you know Indiana Jones esque stuff. Yeah, but it also gives you the opportunity to do that chariot chariot of the gods kind of ancient aliens thing as well. Mm. There's a lot of um, genre and mythological resonance to... I just like the fact that they haven't done it just for a season. Like, they they do they do pull from the same core elements. Yeah, in like, more they, than they, they, I mean, they could have introduced a new thing, but yeah. they're obviously like, well, there needs to be a MacGuffin. Why don't we tie it to this other thing? And then that adds to the mythology and the tapestry mm. of the show, and it strengthens... Yeah. The core yeah, of it, I, you know. I like that. I think it's clever. Yeah, and it rewards you know the audience. I think mm. if you're still there in season six of the show, I mean they knew that they weren't putting in new audiences, uh, new audience members at this point. And the other thing as well is, is that by getting that sixth and seventh season, it guarantees enough episodes of the show for it to be sold on in as a syndication package. Mm. So um, you know that that was. Uh, I mean, it's that's the funny thing about Star Trek is that people always criticise that third season of the original series for being shit. But if that third season hadn't have been made, there wouldn't have been enough episodes to sell it into syndication. 
and the show really took off in the 70s in syndication. Mm. So that would never have happened. There'd never been the movies. There'd never been the next generation and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think there's a, the, there's a little bit of that. I mean, now audiences are discovering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. through Disney+. Plus. Yeah. But at the time, you know, they knew that they were, they were preaching to the choir with this stuff. Oh, very um, much so. It was for the, for the, the fan base. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We see Deacon Snow Bunny, as he calls her, get it on. And he talks about how she gets me. We see that the Shrike Detector, which is essentially, ostensibly, why uh, Deke was brought on board, isn't working, and uh, Sarge gets more pissed off with him. We see Toad's friend getting suspicious on the, on the spaceship. Fitz asks about the hallucinations, and Fitz gets jealous of himself. I think this is probably one of my favourite moments in the episode, is that exchange between him and uh, Simmons, mm. you know, where he's talking about the other guy. And then he flips his argument to be all kind of like, oh, was he not good enough for you then? Or, you know, that's, she can't win. That's, uh, that I, I just thought, I am Fitz. I, I just see a lot of myself in him uh, in the the conversations that you and I have. Well, there will like. be times where you'll be getting pissed off at me about something and then I'll sort of justify it and then you'll sort of go back round in the way and I'll be kind of like, hang on, so, so what are you angry with me about? <laughs> So many things. It's <laughs> such like, a plethora. You're like, oh, I'm just angry. Um, <laughs> so uh, I like the exchange with Sarge when um, Daisy says, you know, what motivates her? What what motivates this beast? And he says, hate. Um, and she's like, um, is that your thing? And he's like, no, love is my thing. And he goes quiet and he's like, no, I'm just kidding. Hate, that's my thing too. Um, hate and revenge. Um we, the, the moment where all those people converge and sort of shrike out <laughs> reminded me of that bit in Superman the movie where, you know, where he creates his ice fortress. Visually, it's really oh, right. similar to that. And um, we see that the basically what we learn is that they've, built, they've made a, a tower and it's going to spew out like death birds that are going to basically infest the world. That's they're going to the, shrike uh, out. That's the plan. They're going to shrike out, yeah. They're going to shrike back. And... Um, the crew members um, shrug it lucky. They do. The um, the crew members on the spaceship all start to look a little bit thrally. We see Jekko. He's he's getting his vape on, and the henchmen break free. But Yo-Yo puts um, them to rights very yeah. quickly. But given how chilled Jaco still is, you know that they've got a plan. Like it, it's it's she might have foiled them doing it smoothly but she hasn't stopped whatever it is yeah she's won the battle but not the war yeah uh, so we learn that there's a weapon on the truck that's going to take out a chunk of the planet um and they have a, a sort of collateral damage argument with him but sarge is basically playing the numbers game yeah. and also you know we now know that he's kind of he's on a vengeance tip as well so. yeah so he doesn't really care yeah well this is a point where it becomes like i say it's clear that he's an antagonist and not a villain yeah. so to speak mm. although it's a fine line uh, we learn that the auto drive has been put on to target the area, and uh, Snowflake is feeling all abandoned because um, he's not taking it with him. Mm. I like the, the the jacket with the portal circle on it. I think that's a really clever use of a sci-fi idea because mm. it's kind of like, well, once you've established it, you just spray this stuff, and then you use the technology to go through. You could, yeah, you could have it on a scrunched up piece of paper in your pocket, and then just. You know, yeah, uh, there's all manner of good things. I really, it's a clever plan. I really, really like Coulson walking through that. Let's say Coulson, Sarge walking through. Yeah, the way that the camera flips. Yeah, it it was such a 
a lovely shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just makes you buy yeah, in. I just really it. enjoyed it. Yeah, that's no, nice. And we see all of the various uh, stakeholders converging on each other. And we get the post-credit bit of business of Enoch calling his colleague to speak, saying he wants to speak to the fellow anthropologists. Mm. And then we see that the hunters have access to Fitzsimmons' brain. That's a sci-fi sentence if you've ever heard one. Any final thoughts, Helen, before we wrap up and go to bed and I fall asleep immediately? I can't wait to see if they make it. Do you think they'll make it another week? I think they will. I think that um, I think that they'll they'll round off this part of the story next week and then uh, continue onwards and continue even upwards. But uh, well, while you're looking for details for next episode, I'll do a quick bit of housekeeping. Uh, first and foremost, a reminder that we appreciate feedback at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail and also um, we would appreciate you checking out our friend shows and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and. Also, social media, Instagram and Twitter, we are at RewatchProj. That's RewatchPROJ. And if you listen to it on YouTube, then like and subscribe, and also please do comment. So what are we doing next time, Anna? Next time is Collision Course Part 2. There's no time for the team to play catch-up when there's a planet to save. Alrighty. It is directed by Sarah Boyd and written by Aiden Baghdadshi. Oh, okay. New name. Um, no, he's he. Oh, she, I'm not sure. Um, they've they've written. Oh, okay. Before, because I remember butchering that name more. Than I was once. about to say I don't remember you butchering that name, which is why um, I thought they, they wrote uh, Rise and Shine in season five. This one in season six, and another one in season seven. Awesome. Okay. Well, I will look forward to that, and we will see you soon. Bye bye. See you later. Bye.